0: الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Inshallah, Taala. Today we're gonna to have our last lesson on Usool al-Fiqh, and what we're gonna speak about, Inshallah, Taala, is two things. Baidni Allah al The two things that we're gonna talk about is faida Usool al-Fiqh, the benefits of studying Usool al-Fiqh. Why is it beneficial? In studying Usulul al-fiqh. What benefits are in studying usul al-fiqh? On the board you have 10. On the board you have 10 benefits that are in studying Usulul al-fiqh. That when you study it, you will attain insha'Allah from it. After we cover that insha'Allah, those 10, we will go through tartibu usul al-fiqh. A sequence A gradual way you are going to go through the sequence And a gradual way In which a person can study usul al-fiqh If I now want to study usul al-fiqh What is The sequence and the order In which I need to take So I'll mention I'll mention it in two ways الاحناف, The way by the Ahnaf, which is also known as Al Atariqatil Mutakalimin, right? I'll mention the books that are done in the Hanafi way. And we already know what the Hanafi way is. We already spoke about it. And then I'm going to mention Alaa al Jumhur. In the way of the overwhelming majority of scholars. And we mean by that the three Imams. Madhabul Malikiyya, and ash and the hanabilah this is the books that are inshallah ta'ala are going to be prescribed for them as well. <laughs> so let's start with kareem with faida to al-fiqh. What benefit do I attain if I study Usul al-fiqh? What benefit do I get? What benefit do I get? Number one, the benefit you get is al Precision. You have precision in knowing what is evidence, and what is not evidence? This subject it teaches you what is an evidence, and what is an evidence. Usulul istidlal he is means the thing that you can use as evidence. What are you allowed to use as an evidence, and what can't you use as an evidence? In other words, in simple terms, what are the evidence that are agreed upon? And what are the evidences which are differed upon? You'll study in this subject. And so when you learn the evidences that are agreed upon, you would know to use that first. And within those evidences which are agreed upon, you will learn which one comes first. And in what order they come in. So you won't be using qiyas, which is of course allowed, when you can go for what? A verse from the Quran or a hadith from the Sunnah Or you could use the Ijma' You won't go to Qiyas Because you know the order That the Quran comes first And then the Sunnah comes second And then the Ijma' comes Sorry, the Ijma' comes third And then the Qiyas comes fourth So you, you know the order That's the first benefit that the person gets from it You won't be using Aada The customs Because that's the evidence that's different upon Ada. it's a difference of opinion whether that's an evidence or not. Are we all together? Um, the view of the people of Medina. That's an evidence that's not agreed upon by everyone. Are we all together? Um, many evidences the scholars they differ on whether it's evidence. The only ones that are agreed upon is الكتاب والسنة والإجماع والقياس الصحيح So by studying usool al-fiqh the first benefit that you get from it is you will know what is evidence that is correct and it's permitted for you to use and what isn't. Second is إِضَاحُ الْوَجْهِ الصَّحِيحِ istidlal The second is you learn how to use that evidence. What is the correct way in utilizing this evidence? I have a hadith in front of me. I have an ayah in front of me. How do I use it? How do I utilize it? The person will learn the way to extract and deduct. To deduct from the evidence rulings al fiqh teaches you that. It teaches you the relationship between the evidence and the thing that you're using the evidence for. You want to place a ruling on this, and the evidence is here. It will teach you how to bring out what you would need to give a ruling on this particular thing. It gives you that ability. al fiqh. Number three, the third benefit. That a person will attain, that a person will attain, is تيسير عملية الاجتهاد. وصول Fiqh, it makes it easy for a person to become a mujtahid. It makes it easy for a person to become a what? A mujtahid. What did we say a mujtahid is? It's a person who can do independent reasoning. He can go to the Quran and the Sunnah himself, or she can go to the Quran and the Sunnah herself. And extract and deduct rulings from it herself. If you study Usul al-Fiqh, you're heading towards that path of becoming a Mujtahid. But if you're only studying Furu' al-Fiqiyah, if you're only studying Fiqh, just Fiqh, then you are not going to go to that path of Ijtihad. You're just going to be, the Shaykh said, the book said, that this is permissible, and the book said that this is not permissible. You'll always be, as the poet said, "إذا قالت حذامي فصدقوها فإن القول ما قالت حضامي. If Hadami says something, then believe her. al the real, the speech is, "ما قالت حذامي." Hadami said. Are we all together? That's what you're going to be. You're just going to be like it was said by the Shaykh. said by the Shaykh, and it is the reality of. Why taqlid blind following, increases. The reason why blind following increases is the deduction and the reducing of studying of Usulul al-fiqh. Are we all together? Number four. Bayanul al fatwa. The person will learn the principles of giving verdicts. In usul al-fiqh, you learn the principles of how to give fatwa and how fatwa is given. Basically, you will learn adabul mufti wal-mustafti, the etiquettes and the manners of the one who is giving fatwa and the one who is giving fatwa to. You'll learn muraatul ahwal, observing the situations, and you'll also look at Ila ma yaulu ilayhi al-amru. You'll be able to look at this verdict that I give, gave, or I'm giving. What can it lead to? What can it become in the future? All of that comes from studying usul al-fiqh. The person will learn bawaabit al-fatwa. The one who doesn't study usul al-fiqh, he doesn't have the principles of fatwa. So when he gives verdicts, you see that he contradicts himself a lot. What does he do? He'll contradict himself in the fatwa. One time he's saying something here, and something similar to it. That isn't different from it He's given a different ruling to it Scholars will automatically identify This person doesn't know what he's talking about How is it possible that you said this thing is permissible And something else which is very similar to it You said it's not permissible When they really have what? The same essence Maybe not the same name But the same reality revolves around both of them And you've given two different fatwas for both of them That shows there's iddiraab Contradiction In your What? In your study of usul fiqh Are we all together brothers? Whereas the other scholar is consistent. What is he consistent upon? He's consistent upon his fatwa. He gave fatwa here. Something similar to it, he'll give it the same fatwa. Number five. The person lands مَعْرِفَةُ الْأَسْبَابِ الَّتِي أَدَّتْ إِلَىٰ وُقُوعِ الْخِلَافِ بَيْنَ الْعُلَمَاءِ The person will learn. What made the scholars differ in this issue? What brought about differing in this issue? You'll learn that. You will learn why the scholars differed. Why? Why? Why did they differ? Sebab. I can reassure you. Many people say there's a difference of opinion in this issue. But if you ask them, why? Why is there a difference of opinion? They can't tell you why. And not knowing why comes from you not studying usool al-fiqh. Are we all together, brothers? It goes back to what? It goes back to you not studying usool fiqh I'll give an example. Salatul Jum'ah and Salatul Dhuhri, right? We know both prayers, right? If Eid comes on a Friday If Eid happens on a Friday Do you have the choice Of praying Salatul Eid And Jum'ah Or do you have to pray Both of them There's a difference of opinion Some scholars they say If you pray Eid You wouldn't have to pray Jum'ah and if you pray Jum'ah, you don't have to pray the Eid. One eliminates the other. Correct? That's one view. Another group of scholars, they say, no, 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 no. You have to do both. One does not eliminate the other. As a group of scholars. I can now then say to you, there's difference of opinion on this issue. And I leave it like that. But when you study Usul al-Fiqh, you will learn why they differed. What was the reason that brought that difference of opinion? The reason why that difference of opinion came was Is Jum'ah a replacement of Dhuhr or not? Is Jum'ah taking the place of Dhuhr or not? It is, is it Has it taken the place of the Dhuhr prayer? Am I making sense here? Based on what you say here Your answer is going to change Am I making sense here? So you you learn why they differed. What brought about that difference. The difference is really on something before that which then brought this to be difference of opinion. Does that make sense? Are we all together? By studying this subject you will learn many things that scholars differ upon what is the reason. Usul fiqh benefits you that. Also while I'm at that point it also teaches you what is valid difference of opinion. What are a valid difference of opinion and the difference which is not valid. It's not tolerated. It is not accepted. Which one is which? In other words, which one is خلاف سائغ and the one that is خلاف غير سائغ? The khilaf which is accepted and Understood, and the khilaf that isn't accepted but rather rejected, because the poet he said, kullu khilaf, kullu khilaf jaa illa ma kana Not every khilaf that comes deserves to be given attention. Not every difference of opinion do we accept and we give it validity and we say, "Wow, there's difference of opinion." Not every difference. There's a, there's, there's some differences which we give. Which one is which? Because you know what happens if you don't learn this one? You will unjustly, unjustly oppress people on a valid difference of opinion. Ramadan is about to come now, inshallah ta'ala. Salat taraweeh might be prayed in different numbers. Someone might think this is not khilaf sa'ih, a permitted difference of opinion. Rather it is. It's a valid difference of opinion. It's oppression on your side To regard those people who are praying 22 for example Or those who want to pray 11 Or those who want to pray other numbers To say that they're innovators That is an oppression on your side And that's an indication you don't know usul al-fiqh And you haven't studied usul al-fiqh Are we all together brothers? And you tend to find that That people fall extreme in issues Where there are difference of opinion Valid difference of opinion Where the pious predecessors differed and it never got in between their brotherhood. Are we all together? By studying usul fiqh you will learn where you and that person can differ, and where we can discuss it with a good atmosphere, in a good situation, with love in our hearts towards each other. Am I making sense? No? Yes? By studying usul fiqh you will learn which one falls under which. Does that make sense? Well, that's why nowadays we see such words, of course, that are really really rigid. That people just what they make it rigid to the extent that as, as though they make it come across that there is no other view except this view. Best are we all together, brothers? And anything other than that view or anything outside their opinion is misguidance, and that that person is a mubtaddar. An innovator, he's misguided, he's misguiding others. Are we all together about this? But the reality, the issue is what? It's a valid Valid difference of opinion. Right? Mm. You're right They won't accept it as something They won't accept it as the right opinion But they will accept it as a A view that's out there That it should be respected as a view So this is the difference When I say this My view for example is My knees go down Or my hands go down Sorry my hands go down Before I go to the record Before my knees That's my opinion I believe oh, Any other opinion Other than that is wrong But when I see someone Praying next to me Are we all together? The way that I will Discuss it with him Is have you looked at this opinion? Okay May Allah bless you Jazakallah. We go our separate ways I have accepted That this opinion He holds And the opinion that I hold Is subjective Is how you look at it There's a possibility I could be right And there's a possibility he could be right. There is that possibility there. Does that make sense? But for me right now, it comes across as that my one is right. Whereas on the other hand, if he was praying right next to me and he was wearing silk, it's a different opinion now. Are we all together? We also have another extreme, which is opinions are just made wider and wider and wider. And it's made, everything is a difference of opinion. Recently, I just came back from Europe. And I heard a verdict by some group of brothers. They came to me and they asked me a question. They said, we've heard that it's permissible to break your fast if you have an exam that day. If you have an exam at university, you're allowed and you're permitted to break your fast. Are we all together, brothers? Are we all together, brothers? Now, that's not a valid difference of opinion. Are we all together, And it's baseless. Are we all together brothers? Whoever gives a verdict for it. Because it goes against many textual evidence. Are we all together? And the reason why this problem came in the first place is those who thought the reason why a traveler can break his fast is because of mashaka hardship. It's a mistake to believe that. Whoever believes That a traveler, a person who's traveling to another country, the reason why he was given a ruhsa, the reason why he was allowed to break his fast was because of hardship, then you're wrong. That wasn't the reason. Are we all together, brothers? Many people believe that. Sahih? They believe that opinion. They'll say, So are you telling me if a person has a, a car that picks him up from his apartment right under his house, he's got a nice car it picks him up from his house he was sleeping he wakes up he goes into his he jumps into his car it gets, he gets driven to the airport he doesn't go on a flight but he has his private jet and he goes on his private jet and he lands in his destination and he sleeps in his private jet he's got another bed waiting for him over there can he break his fast can he break his fast has he gone through hardship Has he gone through hardship? You see, this is the problem now. When you make a ruling for this based on hardship, then you spread it out for everything. And you will then say, anything hardship enters, it's permissible for you to break your fast. Am I making sense here? And that is wrong. And we'll speak about that, inshallah, in the coming days. Which Oh, today, sorry. We have today, right? We have today... Uh, the chapter of fasting from Umdatul al We will be speaking about these issues in great details Inshallah, in great detail But the lack of usul al-fiqh Lack of usul al-fiqh Because that person who travels right now He can break his fast Whereas a person who's working in a what? Who's f- making bread, who's working in the furnace Who's burning, he's under heat He can't break his fast And he's going through hardship Are we all together brothers? Does that make sense? So keep that in mind, okay? Number six is by studying al Fiqh, the benefits that you get from it is you call the people to following the evidence wherever it is. You generally find people who haven't studied al Fiqh believe there's no evidence in this issue because even if the evidence is there, they don't know how to use it. And so what they do is they tell people, use your logic. They result to rational observation. They use their minds. When there is textual evidence that you can use. Are we all together brothers? They go to basically logic. When there is what? When there is text right there. The reason why they won't go to the text is because they don't know the text. They don't know how to utilize it. Are we all together brothers? But when you study usul al-fiqh, اتباع الدليل You see that person generally calls the people to follow the daleel. Because what he saw in the evidence is profound. It's amazing. He's like, wow, we've got everything answered here. Because the evidence, he knows what to do with it. And he knows how it works in every situation. Are we all together? الدعوة By studying usul, al-fiqh, you will learn and it will call you to اتباع الدليل كان wherever you are. Usul fiqh too calls you to that. Follow the evidence wherever, wherever it is. Are we all together brothers? Number seven. Hifz al-aqeedah is protected. Aqeedah is what? Aqeedah is protected through usul al-fiqh. If you look at the, the attacks that are happening to Islam today, and you observe it and you look at it, it is going back to studying usul al-fiqh. People are playing with the text. He just comes and he uses the verse how he wants. I gave you an example the other day. The khawarij, what did they do? They killed Abdullah ibn al-Khabbab's wife who was pregnant. They killed her and they brought out the baby. And then, what did he use as evidence? إنك oh Allah, if you let them live, oh Allah, if you let these people live, after nine hundred and fifty years of da'wah he got tired and exhausted, and he said, Oh Allah. If you let these people live All they're going to give birth to Is disbelievers Criminals That's all they're going to give birth to 950 years He's tired now These people don't want to hear anything So Don't let any of them remain Oh Allah Destroy them all What do they do? Destroy them wherever they are Because they're not going to give birth Except to disbelievers They took that same verse and they used it in their way By saying The reason why we killed this woman And we took out the baby Is because she's only going to give birth To disbelievers and criminals That's what she's going to give birth to Aqeedah gets corrupted The qawarij, Khawarij And all the other deviated groups that came They did not know usul al-fiqh They look at an ayah And they apply it the way they want Another hadith that you hear Where the Prophet ﷺ said to Aisha ta'ala anha, He said to her that there is going to come a people, Allah is going to destroy them. From the beginning to the last of them. This is in Mecca. Allah is going to destroy them. From the beginning of the army and the beginning of those people to the last of them, Allah is going to destroy them. And then Aisha said, "Ya wa Will the first and the last of them be destroyed? Wa There's, there's markets in there. There are people who are not with those people, the criminals. Will they all get destroyed at the same time? The Prophet he said, The first and the last of them will be destroyed together. And then thumma ala niyatim. And then Allah would resurrect them with their what? With their intentions. I mean, the one who was good will be taken to Jannah, and the one who was a criminal. And he was a wrongdoer And his intention was to cause havoc He'll also go to the hellfire I mean, He will go to hellfire Does that make sense? Does this hadith make sense? The Khawarij took that hadith and said If we come to a village We will kill everybody The Muslims and the non-Muslims All of them Khalas. And what about the believers? Why are you killing everybody? For? Why? Why would you do that? They said, As for the believers Allah will resurrect them with their intentions Are we together brothers? What happened here? What went wrong? What went wrong? Again Again brothers You guys might think it's very light But the text If it's not If Is not studied This is what it gives birth to This is what, this is what comes out The scholars They responded to it The scholars They responded to this Ibn Munasif Al-Qurtubi Has a kitab In which he Speaks about the issues Ahkam of Jihad And the rules of Jihad He mentions that it is not permissible to use the universal signs The things in which Allah does You the slave cannot do it You cannot do qiyas An analogy from the actions Of the creator In the universal things that he does For a what? An action that you can take into your hands And do it yourself And he gives many other answers and many other responses Which I don't want to go into now But the point is The point is This is what comes about the aqeedah of the Muslims gets destroyed. Are we all together brothers? And that's why many people don't want to come into Islam because they look at these verses and it's, mis- it's wrongly applied. It's wrongly used. Number eight. fiqh al-Islami. Again, usul al-fiqh, the benefits that are in it is that you, you protect the fiqh as well. You don't just protect people's aqeedah. But it also protects the people's fiqh. Are we all together? It pertains to people's fiqh. Like, for example, a man could say, Allah said in the ayah, you know, zawaj, marrying multiple wives. Allah said, mathna, two, wa five, wa ruba'a, four. So you can marry how many wives? Nine. Are you with me, brothers? He just uses the ayah It's a fiqh issue. He said, Allah said, mathna, two. Ayah two, there is." وَثُلَاثًا And three وَرُبَاعًا And what? And how many wives will he have? He has nine wives now Is that permissible? Is that permitted? Is that allowed? Are we all together brothers? All of this can uh, Why is it not allowed? Okay, أصول الفقه Why is it not allowed to be counted like that? Are we all together brothers? You have to go back to the ayah itself What does it benefit? It's a science And that science protects fiqh It's there to take care of these textual evidences Without it, wallahi, any and everybody will do what they want They'll bring an ayah And they will do what they want No one can stop them The most shocking thing comes Are you with me? The eighth one, it means protecting al-fiqh al-islami. The fiqh, Islamic fiqh. F- Islamic jurisprudence. The fiqh that we study it will protect it. Usul fiqh protects fiqh. It protects the fiqh for us. Furu' al I saw a guy one time, he said something very shocking to me. He said, Remember the ayah, right? Allah says, Qul say Muhammad, innama, إِنَّمَا ana, bashar. Qul say to them, Muhammad, I am nothing else. Inama is مِنْ adawat al right? I am nothing except bashar. I'm a human. I'm nothing except very human. That's what it means. He said, brother, no, sorry. It doesn't mean that. What does it mean? Qul Muhammad, Inna you're ma, He separated those two, and he said, Inna Qul saytul Muhammad, Verily I am not. Use the word as mat as nafia, negation. I'm not a human being, like you guys. Do you see that, brothers? Qul Muhammad, Inna verily, Ma I am not. Ana mi Basharun, a human mithlukum like you guys I'm not a human like you guys so what are you? now he wants to, now that he's got that rid, of, rid of that he won't say okay he's more or he's this or he's that right that's how the Quran Quran will be played with that's how the sunnah will be played with these science Usulul al-fiqh is what protects all of that what does it do? it protects all of that number nine al قواعد wal Munadara. again by studying usul al-fiqh you see that the person, their method of having a dialogue and their method of having a what? A debate. is precision. They know how to break things down easily. They know when to give and they know when to take. They know where to start from and what is more important to mention and what isn't. The person will learn precision of dialogue and debates. Usul Fiqh teaches you that. If a person masters usul al-fiqh and he studies usul al-fiqh very well, he will learn how to discuss. And he will learn how to use those principles in debating and arguing and etc. And how to discuss with people. right? You see he's smart. Are we all together? Smart. I had a discussion with a brother one time. And I said to him, brother, I'll ask you a question. He said to me, the Sahabas, they differed in Aqeedah. And he left it like that. I said, that statement is wrong, it's incorrect. You shouldn't say that. You should not say that the companions differed in Aqeedah. He goes, but brother, with all due respect, there is difference we do see the companions had. But what's the difference that you're talking about? He said to me, the difference that they had is whether Allah was seen or not. Is that not an related issue? I said, definitely you're right. It is an Aqeeda related issue. It is an Aqeeda related issue. He said to me, did they differ on that issue? I said, yeah, they did. He then said to me, you should then accept that they differed in Aqidah I said, no, I don't accept that now. He said, that's a contradiction. That's, that's not fair. I said, the reason why I don't accept that is it's like me saying to you the Sahabas agreed upon fiqh. Would you accept that from me? If I unrestrictedly said that the Sahabas agreed on fiqh. And I give an example of they agreed that the Salat, the salah, which are part of the pillar of an Islam is five. al al-Asr, al-Maghrib, isha al al-Fajr. Are we all together? Did they not agree upon that? They agreed upon that. And I then say to you, this is a fiqh-related issue, correct or not? Yes. Then can I then conclude from that that the sahabas unanimously agreed upon on fiqh issues? He said to me, no, no. Are you with me, brothers? No, you can't. What you do say, though, is you restrict your statement. You restrict your statement by saying the furu' issues of fiqh Sorry, the furu' issues of al-'aqida, the sub-branches of aqida, because aqida has what, usul, and it has what, furu'. It has fundamental issues and it has sub-branches. They differed on some of the sub-branches in aqida. If you say that to me, I will accept that from you. The same way I can say to you, they differed on some furu' issues of fiqh, because even fiqh has usul issues. Which they didn't differ upon. And Ibn al Qayyim mentions that when somebody speaks, brothers, you should stay away from ambiguity and that which is unclear. Stay away from ambiguity and that which is not clear. Don't say statements like the sahabas differed upon aqeedah. Straight away what comes to the people's mind is that anything within aqeedah is open for difference of opinion. That is incorrect. Does that make sense? The same way if somebody else was to say that the sahabas unanimously agreed upon fiqh, that the person would understand it as every issues of fiqh they unanimously agreed upon. Secondly, no one ever said, historically, Islamically, no one unrestrictedly said that the sahabas differed upon aqeedah unrestrictedly like that. If that makes sense? وَالْعِلْمُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ jalla. Last but not least is al-wuqufu ala samaahat al al What you learn by studying usul al-fiqh is how simple this religion is and how easy it is and you learn that this religion has come to serve us. This religion has come to serve us, to give us what we need, the good that we need. Here the religion didn't come to burden us and to stress us out and to cause us harm and over No, it didn't. In this religion is ease and simplicity. And this religion, no one may overburdens it and makes it hard and complicated except that what? It will overcome you and it will destroy you. This religion is easy. Allah did not make Burden and hardship In this religion I want you to all Remember this issue There is a difference Between Did Islam bring about Mashaqah Does some of the rulings Have in it Mashaqah Or does it have in it Usr Those are two different issues In the al-usri In English, there's not a, a definite word I know that can be used to translate it. But the word usrun and mashakka are two different words. I'll leave that for inshallah ta'ala. When we go, next lesson, into the five general legal maxims. When we talk about it, talk about it there's going to be one called uh, uh, where the Prophet ﷺ said, yuzal. Um, <coughs> The prophet said But the scholars they said We'll speak about it in there inshallah. But the tenth one is You will learn how easy this religion is By studying usulul al-fiqh You'll actually be impressed On how Allah is trying to bring about ease for us The last point that I want to speak about is If I want to study Usulul al-fiqh What do I do? How do I do it? Inshallah, this is going to be the shortest If you're a Hanafi الحنفية, and we spoke about the reason why they are called Tariqatul Mutakalimeen. We spoke about that. There are three books, inshaAllah, that they should uh, study. These three are studying. The first one is Talkheesul Usul by Hafiz al Zahidi. This one they studied with a teacher. And they learn it. What I've written on the board is that which you have to study with a teacher. There has to be a teacher that teaches you. The Al-Manar by Al-Nasafi. The Manar by Al-Nasafi. And last but not least, Kashful Asrar liala ud al-Bukhari. Those three, Hanafi should study it with a teacher. Inshallah ta'ala, in the order that I mentioned it in, In that order that I mentioned in. The student should also read a couple of books on the side. When he studies these three as a Hanafi in Qawaid al-Fiqiyah, he should read the following ones. I'm going to mention inshallah ta'ala. They should try to read it. And that is, The usul of al Bezdawi and the best publication is Darul Al-Bashair. Taqweem Usulul Al-Fiqh by Dabusi, Nashru Maktabati, the version and the publication of Maktabatul Rushd. usul Al-Sarkhasi, by the Taqqeeq of Al-Afghani. al fusul Fi al by Jassas. By the Wizaratul Awqaf al kuwaitiya Badl Al-Nadhar by Al-Ismanid, الاسمن Ismandi. Those five that I mentioned The student, he reads them As a Hanafi He reads them After having studied those three with the teacher Now we go into the If the person is not a Hanafi He's either a Maliki or a Shafi'i or a Hanbali To be very honest with you I was a bit biased so I only wrote the Shafi'i version. Here I only wrote what a Shafi'i should study. But Inshallah, Taala, I'll mention what the Hanabilah should study. Inshallah, Taala. But, they get, but then again, they are all roughly the same. There are little furuq here and there, but they are roughly the what? They're roughly the same. Al Waraqat. The person study that starts with that one first. There's two sharahs. There's two explanations that the student should read after having studied the matin with the sheikh. Remember, brothers, a lot of the students, what goes wrong is they buy an explanation and they're sitting in front of the teacher and they don't know what is the explanation and what is the matin. The matin is the words of the author, and the sharah is the explanation of a person who came after. Okay? A student he should be concerned with the metin, the wording of the author. Don't busy yourself with the sharah now. Once you've studied this book with a teacher, okay, he brings you the quotes and the references and the explanation, and he breaks down for you what the author means here, then I would then advise you to read two sharahs. After you've understood the metin, after you've understood the words of the author, I would highly encourage you to look at the sharah of Abdullah ibn Salah al-Fawzan. With the publication of Darul Minhaj. His Sharah is very easy. And it's full of what? Textual evidences. He gives you evidence. As you know, the author, I Ali Al-Juaini, doesn't give you evidence for what he says. The overwhelming majority of times. He doesn't. But by getting the Sharah of Abdullah ibn Salah Al-Fawzan, you will get those evidences. And the second Sharah, which is a bit harder, is the Sharah of Jalaluddin Al-Mahalli. Jalaluddin al-Mahalli He has a sharah on, on Al-Waraqat Jalaluddin al-Mahalli Have you all heard of Jalalain? Tafsir jalalain Why is it called Jalalain? Two Jalal Because Jalaluddin al-Mahalli and Jalaluddin al-Suyuti oh, he's, he's one of the swallows He has a sharah on Al-Waraqat um, The students should try to Inshallah ta'ala, get that The sharah of Jalaluddin al-Mahalli And Try to find Jalaluddin al-Mahalli sharah With the hashia of Dimyati. Okay With the hashia of Al-Dimiyati Don't busy yourself with the other hashia of Al-Jawi Al-Jawi is very complicated For someone of that level So just take two explanations The first one is Abdullah ibn Saleh al-Fawzan The best publication for that one is what? What is it? Darul Minhaj. Abdullah Salah Fawzan Sharah on Al-Waraqat is Darul Minhaj. It's very good. Buy that. Try to get that one. It's the best publication. The second one is what? The Sharah of who? Jalaluddin Al-Mahali with the Hashi of Dimiyati. Dimiyati has footnotes on it. That's very good. Try to get that inshaAllah. I said to you, don't busy yourself with the Hashi of Al-Jawi. Rahimahullah. Don't busy yourself with that. Because at that time, it's a bit complicated for you. It's a bit what? It's a p- bit complicated Jalaluddin al-Mahalli's publication I haven't yet seen it But there's a brother who I'm very close with Who is from Somalia as well He did a taqiq of it Hassan Ali Dawood He did a tahqiq on the walaqat The sharah of Jalaluddin al-Mahalli I haven't seen the copy I haven't seen the copy uh, Yet But it's been praised by a group of people Inshallah ta'ala The second one is um, Al-Usool min ilm al-Usool by Sheikh bin Uthaymin. Um, Al-Usool min ilm al-Usool by Sheikh Muhammad bin Rusal al-Uthaymin. And Sheikh Muhammad bin Rusal al-Uthaymin's Usool min ilm al usool by sheik bin uthaymin al usool min ilm al usool by sheik muhammad bin Salih al uthaymin and sheik muhammad bin Salih al min ilm al the unique thing about it and the benefit that it has is what? The beauty and the benefits that are in it is what? Is he's different from Abim Ali al-Jwaini. How is he different? He has evidences a lot. Ibn his usul min ilm usul it's got a lot of evidence even if you don't get sharah for it he gives you a lot of examples and he gives you evidences for his arguments and the third benefit that he has as well is his aqeedah to aqeedah sunnah so he's not he's going to stay away from statements and things that have what creedal problems in it so that's why I always say to the person when he does al-waraqat after that if you transit if you transit to Sheikh bin Uthaymi's Al-Usul bin Al-Mu'sul, you have um, the ability to know what is, has aqeedah issues and what doesn't. At this point, there's a sharh I personally think is the best sharh for Al-Usul bin Al-Mu'sul. It is one written by, I might be wrong or right in the way I say his name, but I think it's Ghazi ibn Murshid Al-Utaibi. Ghazi ibn Murshid Al-Utaibi. His sharah is, the, is very good. His sharah is what? It's very good. I think that should be the, the one that you rely on. And once you've read that sharah, on the side, just read as well the sharah of Imam Uthaymeen himself. The Sheikh himself explained his book. Both of those sharahs are published by Darul Minhaj. Darul Minhaj published both of them. And right now, this current moment, al ussul Min Ilm has been released I've done the first Six parts Or seven parts The first six, seven chapters I've done it Of Usul Min Ilm Usool is on my channel If you want to study it I've read that Al-Waraqat many times before And for the first time I'm recording al usul Min Ilm Usool In great details The third book again Now I'm coming back to Shafi'i now I'm leaving because we stepped into Hanbali world, we came back to the Shafi'i now. Um, I think Darul Bashair published it. I think Darul Bashair and Darul Nawadir, one of the two. I think it's Darul Bashair. They have a publication on it, which is very good. They have some of the hawashi and the ta'aliqat of Jamaluddin Al Qasimi on there as well. The point, I, the reason why I chose the Luma of Abis Hakeh Shirazi over the Ghayat al fi Lub al Usul by al Ansari, is because Abis Hakeh Shirazi, his book, it doesn't have big creedal problems, and Sheikh Islam Taimier praised it greatly. Abis Hakeh Shirazi's Luma fi usul al-Fiqh, it doesn't have creedal problems like the Ghayat al-Ussul fi Lub al by by al Ansari. So that's why I moved away from that and I came towards the Lum'a fi Usul fiqh by Shirazi. The al-Usul fi Lubbil al-Usul. The kitab Lubbil al-Usul originally was a summary of Jam' al-Jawami' by Subki and then he explained it he called Dirayat al-Usul. Okay? Inshallah all of these books that I wrote in the board I will be explaining them in English inshallah ta'ala. They will come out one after the other in explanation in the English language bi idni al kareem fi I said the unique thing about it is It doesn't have Big Aqeedah problems There are some issues here and there That have been mentioned by the author But the overall amount in it It's very good It's a very good book The second The, the fourth book I believe Should be looked at and studied Is the Minhaj by Baydawi The Minhaj here Is by Al-Baydawiyu the Hajj al-Baydawi, it's reached like a hundred shuruah, a hundred explanations, a hundred this, have re- it's reached that much. Um, I don't know the, if I remember the best publication. And... I don't know if I could say it's the best publication But one of the, one of the publications I have Is Dar ibn Hazm That's the publication I have But I don't know if I could say it's the best Because I haven't looked and I haven't compared it Last but not least Is Jam'ul Jawami' Jam'ul Jawami' is what? It's by Subki This kitab as you can see from the name Is called Jam' and al Jawami' What did it do? This book, the author, he brought together a hundred books of usul al fiqh and he summarized in there. Instead of you going and reading a hundred books of usul al fiqh, he read it for you and he summarized it in one book for you. Hundred books of usul al fiqh. as I told you last lesson, the mutaakhirin, the mutaakhirin, the late comers of the scholars they didn't go beyond and above Jam'ul Jawami. They stuck with that. Because it's a summary of a hundred books. Who's got time to read a hundred books? If an author did that for you already, then alhamdulillah. Are we all together? Now, pay attention here. Jam'ul Jawami by Subki has two famous poetries made out of it. Are we all together? The first one is, The kokab al The Kaukhabu al is written by Jalal, Jalaluddin. Jalaluddin al suyuti It's 1,400 and something lines. It's too much. It's too big. So many of the people they go for. The Maraqi. Maraqi al I will together brothers. The overwhelming majority of scholars they go for the Maraq al-Su'ud which is a thousand lines. We all together brothers. The Maraq al-Su'ud and that's the one that you would memorize. That's the one you you'd memorize. Again, the author here is he's a what? He's a Maliki who wrote this. But he took it from a Shafi'i. It shows you they're all upon ala tariqatil jumhur. they take from one another they benefit from one another. Are we all together brothers? You'd memorize this one with itqan. Once you do, wallahi, you'd benefit a lot. If you memorize this, brothers and sisters, if you memorize the Maraqish Su'ud, a thousand lines of poetry in usul al-fiqh, and you memorize it, and then you do all of these five, you study it with the teacher, you have mastered usul al-fiqh. You've combined between the two things that were needed in any science that you need to learn. And that is what? Hivr and Faham. Hivr and Faham. Any knowledge that you're trying to attain, you need memorization and you also need what? Understanding. These are the five that you understand and these and this is the hivr. If you don't have the courage and you don't have the strength and you don't have the aspiration to memorize a thousand lines then go for the nadhm waraqat by sharafuddin al-amriyti the poetry from al-waraqat by sharafuddin al-amriyti yasa alhamdulillah alladhi qad adhara ilma al-usul lilwara wa ashara ala lisan safi fa huwa alladhi la ibtida'a dawana wa tab'at al hatta sara kutuban sighara al hajmi aw kibara wa khayr kutubihi al-sighar ma sumi bil-waraqat lil-imam al-harami it's good you memorize that, it's small. You finish that, you get it over and done with. If you think, I have got the aspiration. I have it in me. I am not weak like that. I am not going to let it cross me by like that. I am going to do it. And I will have make it happen. Then go for Maraq al Maraq, al-Saud. Maraq, al-Saud. Maraq al-Saud. By Abdullah ibn Hajj al-Shanqiti, rahimahullah. Abdullah ibn Hajj al-Shanqiti, rahimahullah. He's a Shanqita from Mauritania. And the, one of the explanations that are on this book is a sharah by Muhammad Amir Amin Shaqiti, the author of Adwa Al-Bayan. He explained it. Are you with me, brothers? But his explanation, there's a slight problem in there. Within the book, in the middle of it, there's like a hundred lines that he didn't explain. Within the book, not at the beginning, and not at the ending. In the middle, there's like a hundred lines of the sharah from Muhammad Amir Amin Shaqiti is missing from there. Are you with me, brothers? So there are other shuruhat. The the Huliyya al-Taraqi I think it's called It's one of the best shuruh on, on it But when it comes to the understanding If you've done all of these five You already understand Maraqis Su'ud Maraqis sa'ud is not to, to go through it with a teacher The reason why is because You've already taken the book that was taken from and that would be an explanation for it. Here, you can't be, you can't remember this big book in a poet, poetic form. You just use it straight when you need a issue to say and what you need to. How are you doing, brothers? The best sharah for jamal Jawami' again is the sharah of Jalaluddin al Mahalli. Jamal Jawami' Don't busy yourself with anything or anyone else. Take the sharah of Jalaluddin al Mahalli. His sharah is the one that you should rely on and that you should, uh, inshallah ta'ala, look into. I think that inshallah ta'ala gives us an introduction to usul al-fiqh by now. That all should be inshallah ta'ala, a good insight of what usul fiqh is about, the benefits of usul al-fiqh, its definition, where it started from and how it developed and formatted, for the formation of it. And now inshallah ta'ala, we spoke about today, the way to study usul al-fiqh. The mutakalimin, we said it's the jumhur, right? No, no, it's the uh, sorry, the uh, yeah, the mutakalimin is the no, the the mutakalimin is um, jumhur, right? Jumhur is the way mutakalimin, right? Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, it's the second one. It's jumhur. I don't know why I said hanafiya. Okay, inshallah ta'ala, we'll stop there for now. Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me, and and Allah and his messenger are free from it. Subhanakallah Allahumma bihamdik, ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah, astaghfiruk wa atub